0: I feel like I just have a lot more energy to give and not just physical energy, but mental energy. I get really, uh, like excited about things. I get really almost like an infectious excitement for other people about things like, Hey guys, let's do this stuff. Or like, isn't this amazing? Or um, like wow, isn't isn't the world incredible? Like I, I just become sort of in awe of everything, and sort of that like uh, joyfulness of life and of living.
1: Hey everybody, and welcome to the Advice Not Given podcast. Each week, we share unfiltered, truth-telling conversations between two friends you're invited to eavesdrop as we give each other the advice you didn't ask for, but wish you did. We're your hosts, Kelly Artis and Claire Wood of Millspo Gurus, and this is Advice Not Given.
2: Hi, everybody, and welcome back to this episode of the Advice Not Given podcast. We are back today. We are ready to talk about the Enneagram 7s. But, Kelly, you know what I found very fascinating? And just as fate would have it, um, you know, when we welcome you to our podcast each week, we don't tell you, like, what number of podcast recording this is. But I can tell you that today is our 50th episode. And what better Enneagram number to help us celebrate a milestone episode Then our friends, the enthusiasts in the sevens.
1: Is that perfect? (laughs) It's so perfect. It's so perfect. I'm so excited. And I wish you guys could see like the smiles and my invisible party hat. (laughs) Like, we are so proud of ourselves. Yeah. And yay. Uh, yay, sevens. Help us help us celebrate. Yes. You're out there. Well, and what we would like to
2: actually say and ask is uh, so whether you're a seven or any other number, or even if you don't know your number, one way you could help us celebrate this milestone is by going to Apple Podcasts on Advice Not Given and give us a five-star review. Uh, help others find this podcast. And if you feel so inclined beyond just the five-star rating, if you would write us a review, you about what the podcast is meant to you, we would be super grateful.
1: I mean, there are tons of people already doing it, so don't get left out, y'all. Y'all sevens, know you got that fear of missing out, that FOMO. So all the cool kids are writing reviews on Advice Not But Given Podcast. So Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and as we have mentioned
2: before, during this summer of self-awareness with the Enneagram, we are pre-recording some of these episodes. So by the time you are hearing this, it is going to be well into the month of July. And we just want to say we hope that you are all having a safe and fun and socially distant summer. And um, as everybody's making preparations for the fall and what's coming, um, we're just, you know, we're just hanging hanging in here with you so
1: <laughs> yes that is true we we got this y'all <laughs> we, do. we keep
2: you know we keep thinking this is gonna end soon and this is gonna things are gonna be back to normal but
1: god oh, what is normal right like I feel like I really I also really think probably the the type on the Enneagram that is suffering the most right now for sure the sevens, sevens yeah like yeah, check on those in- extroverts and yeah. <laughs> those party people because they are probably stra- and travel. Can you imagine not traveling mm-hmm. as a seven? Yeah, like ah, uh, ah, uh. yeah. Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. Well, in that spirit, we do want to go ahead and start in our usual format, which is to think about some some se- uh, sentences or statements that might be true of sevens. And if you are a seven, maybe these will ring true for you. If you're still kind of on the search for your Enneagram type, listen in and maybe some of these will, will resonate with you as well. So you might be a seven if, speaking of what Kelly just mentioned, you love traveling (laughs) and discovering different kinds of foods and people, experiences, all the fabulous whirlwind of life. You might be a seven if your calendar is usually full and you like to keep it that way. No grass is going to grow under your feet. You might be a seven if what's important to you is excitement and variety rather than comfort and playing it safe. Although you will take your comforts wherever you can find them. You might be a seven if your mind is always chattering. Sometimes it's almost like you're thinking 10 things at once. You might be a seven if you're not just a fun person, but there is a serious or even dark side to you. Although you don't like to go there very much. You might be a seven if you're really good at the big picture, but not so much the little details. It's more enjoyable for you to brainstorm a lot of new ideas rather than to get involved with implementing them. And lastly, you might be a 7 if other people are great to have along as long as they want to go where you are going.
1: (laughs) I love that. And so all of that kind of points to uh, the main kind of like title that we give sevens. So they're often called the enthusiast, obviously, Um, the epicure, someone who's always seeking out new adventures and new experiences, Um, often the generalist. I don't know. I've heard that a few times. Mm -hmm. Um, The connoisseur, the energizer, the multitasker. Mm -hmm. So These folks have a lot going on. They're busy, busy, busy. I like the
2: Energizer. And I don't know if he'll actually hear this because I've mentioned now my mom and dad, mom and dad do listen to our podcast. My dad has not done any Enneagram work. I know it's completely taboo to type him, but I feel like my dad is definitely a seven. And we have been staying with them off and on during our PCS process. And he's definitely the energizer. He's retired, but he's getting up every day with like 10 or 12 things on his to-do list and appointments and seeing people and visiting. And mm. yeah, it's it's been kind of fun to watch.
1: Yeah. So my brother-in-law has self-typed as a seven and it's so funny. Like it, yep, everything. <laughs> just so fun. So like, and one of the funnest like parents, right? right? Like he's a dad of three boys, which is a hundred percent perfect for him. Like the energy level is exhausting to me, but, um, it's, it's kind of perfect.
0: Hi, I'm Erica Tebbins and my Enneagram type is seven, the enthusiast with, which is very much me. Although interestingly, for a long time, I thought I was a three because there are a lot of elements of the three that really resonate with me. But once I did the more in-depth test, I realized, oh yeah, I actually am a seven. And that makes a ton of sense. So how I first learned about it was actually several years ago. A friend of mine had a really old book on it and... I flipped through it and I took the really simple test in the book. And I think then it actually did say that I was a seven. And then about two years ago, I feel like was when it started to get more popular again. And that was when I looked over everything and I thought I was a three. And then at a, before a retreat I went to uh, with Kelly, she had us do the more in-depth assessment And that was when I really realized that I was a seven.
1: So, okay, we'll talk a little bit about what the sevens kind of are. Um, They are still in the head type or the head triad, the thinking triad. So that's where a lot of this uh, mental sort of busyness comes from. Um, They are, they have a core desire of being happy, satisfied. And finding fulfillment. So that's literally everything in life that they do is based on that motivation. Um, And on the flip side of that, the thing that they're most afraid of or the thing that they fear is of being deprived, um, separated, or trapped in pain. So that's where you're going to see a lot of this, like, "Ooh, what's the next fun thing? Ooh, mm-hmm. what's the next fun thing?" Right? Because they're always, instead of like letting some of the negative emotional space take up time in their lives, they're always thinking and planning on the next kind of escape, right? right. So, and that can be done in a healthy way or an unhealthy way, right? And we can get into all that later, but um, the main way that they do that mentally, the, the the mental block that gets in their way of kind of living their to their fullness, is planning, right? So you are literally be on vacation with a seven at like the apex of the enjoyment and they're already planning the next trip. Right. Because they're worried, and actually, I think it's because they don't even want to sit in the pain of going home. Right? You know what I mean? Like to them, that's pain. That's hard, and it's not fun. Mm-hmm. So, like, okay, well, let me go ahead and plan the next trip. Like, they're already booking the Airbnb for the next get together, right. right? Or in the middle of the party, they're like, we should do this again next week, right? Or, you know. <laughs> so, like, it's really hard. They're they're always living in the future. So their their orientation to time is is future. Obviously, um, they're in the positive outlook group. So when they're met with conflict, they're always like, oh, but let's think about how much. fun. We could have at the next thing they're focusing on the positivity of an experience that they're having. Um, they're also kind of, in, they're in the assertive stance or, or you know, uh, grouping or triad when it comes to uh, having their needs met. So they're actually kind of moving against people in search of that security Uh, Once again, the head triad folks are all oriented around, um, feeling safe and what does safe look like? And their core emotion that they have access to is fear that drives them to do things. So as you've seen so far, the five deals with that in a very different way than the six deals with that. And then the seven is afraid once again, of being stuck in, um, something hard and pain. So that's kind of how that all plays out. They are, excuse me, when they're healthy, They're joyful, they can be satisfied, enthusiastic, spontaneous, productive, realistic, and energizing. Um, In the lower levels of health, they can be scattered, um, sort of like super distracted, flaky, um, self-centered excessive, escapist, frenetic, <laughs> manic. Um, I hate these. I, they sound so bad, but these are good red flags. Again, you guys, if right. you start noticing yourself falling into some of these or hearing, hearing things that people have maybe accused you of and feeling like, ouch, um, that's a good indicator that, um, it could be your type and stress. So, or your type, uh, you know, falling down in levels of health. And I actually have, I, I go to seven in stress mm-hmm. and that's, we've talked about that. On the previous episode. So that is a very jarring move that I recognize really quickly. Oh, yeah. Um, and try to do as much about it as I can. Yeah. Um, and I mentioned
2: it was my, yeah. you know, as a six, it's one of my options as a wing. And I feel like the older I've gotten, the less I'm able to lean into the healthy parts of the seven, the fun parts. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I move in that direction too at times. But one of the things I think is important to think about. Um, in kind of describing a seven is just this idea that like the grass is always greener. And you kind of alluded to that a little bit with like trying to go ahead and plan the next trip while you're on a trip. And like that we've talked about every number kind of having a burden to bear or a heaviness that they carry. And I think for a seven, that's got to be it. Like just the almost like never satisfied in the moment, but thinking about like what could be better in the future.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, and they can't, it's, they have a hard time kind of grounding themselves. Right. So that's, that's really unfortunate because they have such an abundance of joy in their lives. They make sure of that, Mm -hmm. you know, but the fact that they can't truly appreciate it in the moment um, is kind of heartbreaking. So they, um, they always need options. They're very like, they're averse to boredom. Right. Like that is probably the worst thing you could do to a seven is have, I don't know, quarantine. Um, Yeah. Social distancing. So again, you guys, our hearts are with you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Figure out um, ways of you know maybe maintaining some activity in your life. Um, there are you know each type has two wings. So the seven with a six wing um, that pulls down into that loyalist realm uh, for for behaviors and and tools. It's called the entertainer. So these folks are curious. They have a great sense of humor. They're productive though, right? Um, playful and they're really good at organizing people. Again, that's pulling into the loyalist uh, sort of relationship-driven orientation. Um, the seven with an eight wing is interesting because they're pulling into the body triad, which is in the eight is the challenger. So when the two of those combine, they're called the realist. So these are, these folks are a little more materialistic. Um, so they're kind of accumulating experiences, but they're going to be the ones with the trinkets, you know, right. of every single thing they've ever done. Um they're determined in their pursuits. Um, they're really good at multitasking, but they also have this tendency to be a workaholic versus right. just like fun-loving, fun loving, right? They're right. going to translate. Yeah, they're going to translate this passion and they, their passion. You guys remember the the emotional struggle that they deal with is gluttony. So it's just overconsumption. I need more, 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 more to fill this f- perceived void. Um, and again, it's just them not being able to ex- kind of explore the deeper de- depths of their heart um, and the experiences that they have had and appreciate that there, they feel a hole there. So they're always trying to fill it with things or people or experiences um, to be able to try to fill whole. So, yeah.
2: Yeah. I'm trying not to like psychoanalyze like my dad just because he's here and I'm like probably the <laughs> one seven that I'm around a lot right now. And um, yeah, just the whole idea of like not really knowing what to do with boredom. Um, And I I know I could, Mm -hmm. my mom could probably tell you even more, but like, even since my dad has retired, I would say maybe during his career, he was leaning into that realist uh, seven with eight wing workaholic and not that he was a workaholic, but now that he doesn't have work to fill all those hours, um, it's, he's got to fill it with something. And so it's the, Hey, what's, where do y'all want to go do today? And Hey, what are we going to do for dinner tonight? And Hey, I'm going to call some people from my church and see, you know, which is awesome. I think that's great. But, um, I see that very, very clearly just kind of the, almost like, oh, I don't know if I can just sit here all day kind of mindset.
1: Right. Yeah. It's, and it's, it's funny cause they're so the, the primary center of intelligence for the seven, as we mentioned is the thinking, thinking. centers always in their minds, their supportive center is the gut or the body triad. So thinking that might be fun and then having the impulse and then having this intuition says, oh yeah, let's do that, has them moving very quickly towards their plans or towards their ideas, but their heart repressed. Like, so they're not connected to their heart at Mm. all. They have a harder time getting there. So I've often heard, you know, sevens and four looks, they almost are like polar opposites. Oh, well, opposites yeah like so the four has a hard time latching onto the fun, right. right? They're kind of more like in the in the negative space, and the seven has the opposite sort of thing. So in the same way they have these similar aversions mm-hmm. um, and they're also both kind of really intense in different ways, right. So um it's just a matter of like what are you most afraid of, yeah. really? like are you afraid of not being special or are you afraid of not being in pain? <laughs> um, so that could help definitely distinguish the two. Um, when they, um, we'll talk about stress and security and then we'll move on, but, um, they have a connection to the five and the type one. So when a seven is super healthy, doing really well and able to kind of stretch and grow, they can reach out to the point five, which is the observer. Um, it actually helps them slow down, Mm -hmm. quiet their mind a little bit and just stay with their observations. So instead of just seeing and moving, seeing and moving, and they call it a lot of people call it monkey mind. It's just always right. bouncing around from one tree to the things. next. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the the five does help them kind of slow down, process fully, instead of just kind of on the surface and moving on. They're able to kind of de- dig a little bit deeper into something or what their experience, uh, their their ideas. Um, when a seven is in stress they can go to one, and this can be done in a good way or a bad way. So if you are kind of making the move unintentionally and sort of asleep to it and moving to the low side of one, um, the one is the reformer perfectionist. So when a seven pulls into that energy, it's going to look really um, hypercritical. There's a judgmental Uh, sort of attitude that kind of overlays everything that they're doing, they can become arrogant. Um, They can play the victim card and just be really super rigid Mm -hmm. and demanding, right? So um, think about when you go on vacation and the seven's in charge and they're like, you know, really regimented with the schedule and it's not fun anymore because you're trying to keep up with (laughs) the itinerary, the agenda, and people are just trying to let loose and hang. Um, That could be maybe putting too much stress on the seven to be in charge of planning the whole thing, right? Now, if they do this move in a good way in a concerted way, um, and pulling into one on the high side looks like slowing down, being a little bit more disciplined, um, and exercising discernment, also understanding limitations. Um so sevens have almost no concept of limits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're just like abundance is kind of the nature of their being. so but pulling into the one um, can help them sort of moderate that for themselves and for everyone around them who are kind of along for the ride.
0: I don't know a lot about all of the types. I don't even know a ton about my type, but I would say the thing that has helped me the most in knowing that I'm a seven is I used to think that something was wrong with me because every few years I would get a little bored with what I was doing and I would want to do something different and i thought that made me flaky and i realized it's actually just a really common trait with sevens so when i'm in my um lower levels of sevenness i get really i get really drained so i can be really high energy or really low energy and like low mood so i wouldn't say it's not quite the same as like uh, manic depression or or bipolar or anything It's just that I will kind of get pouty. I want to retreat in myself. I want to lay on the couch and watch Netflix and just sort of mindlessly scroll social media. And I know that I am not being really good to myself and I sort of need to check myself and give myself a bit of a a reality check in those moments.
2: I want us to talk a little bit more about kind of the range of levels of health and how maybe like at their low levels, uh, we do see maybe the desire to be impulsive or almost not even a desire, just the natural instinct to be impulsive and like a tendency toward addictive personality traits. Mm -hmm. But then Mm -hmm. as they move up in the levels of health, they do become a little more, um, able to kind of discriminate like on what they need and, uh, put in more boundaries right like instead of having them they're they yeah. are able to start to say no or not right now Um, with their time, with their energy, with all their relationships, but I would say maybe at their highest and best levels. And this is, I think why we love sevens as all types have lovable qualities. But the thing about a seven is they do bring such joy to life and they see it and they call it out in others and like the goodness of life, like they see it and are able to reflect on it. And, um, Mm -hmm. they give us like, I don't know they're just, to me, the, the happy celebratory Extroverted, you know, lively, loving, spontaneous, all the good things. And so I think at a a high level of health, that's what you're seeing in our sevens.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, if there's a silver lining to be found, that's that the seven's going to be the one to find it. Yeah. (laughs) You know, they're, they're kind of sometimes maybe like accused of wearing rose colored glasses but um, I don't think that's always a bad thing right like there's right. some moments especially right now <laughs> like quarantine's not so bad Maybe we've got all these free things on Disney Plus now you know? <laughs> like, right. that to me what kind of resonates um, I think it's interesting to um, some of the subtypes of a 7 um, mm-hmm. this, with the social subtype when these are the folks that are more concerned about belonging right we have right. self preservation so- social and then sexual which is like an intimate sort of instinct um, the folks that are dominant with the social subtype are actually called sacrifice um yeah they are the ones that are um they're kind of they're they have this like gluttony sort of fixation but they're more giving away of everything right so they're super hospitable they're generous so generous benevolent and they can actually often be confused with the type two the helper in that way so um that's a good comparison to make when you're when you're trying to type maybe yourself and you're struggling between uh, those two types is you know once again determining whether you're in your head Meditation. or your heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then your motivation like are you doing it um, are you giving to feel loved or are you um kind of sacrificing of yourself in order to keep the party going, right? Yeah. <laughs> um ah, there's so I, fun but, but with and- that
2: sacrifice like I don't see that as even like in a, a in terms of like a martyr that maybe like a two might lean into. It's almost mm-hmm. just like a, a mindlessness of thinking of self. It's sacrifice just to keep the the party going and to keep the the excitement. And it's less about you know love me, but more about I guess avoidance. You know, avoiding the, the well, quiet or avoiding yeah. the
1: and it it helps them kind of postpone their gratification, right? So like they're pushing it off so that they always still have something to look forward to in the end. Right? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah, I just. Yeah, I, I love sevens. Again, they they sometimes are exhausting. Um <laughs> just because there's there's just always something. There's always movement, there's always something right. happening. Um, but it's so amazing to have a seven in your life that you can always rely on um to 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 bring you out of like a funk or to be yeah in a good place and to have fun and like, enjoy like stupid, simple things in life. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, so I was listening to something about like your type and stress and cope, like things that you can do to help yourself pull into the high sides of your stress number. Right. Um, because there are, there should be intentional movement around the Enneagram. Um, and you should be able to, to, recognize these things that you can do to help bring yourself out of a funk and one of those for the type five when I go to stress if I can lean into the type seven and just let go and have fun you know and do something silly like a dance party in the kitchen with my kids you know like it's it's embarrassing and awkward whereas seven would not feel that way but if I can just like let loose and get in the kiddie pool with them or whatever, like it brings them so much joy and it helps me just let go. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, everything doesn't have to be so like structured and boundaried or, you know, I could actually just have fun.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, And
2: we all need more of that in our lives now and always. Yeah. Yeah. So sevens, they do give us that gift of being the, the ones that, you know, maybe for other types that don't, so easily just come out of their shell or don't so easily take risks. The seven is kind of like the, yeah, you've got this. Come on, come join me in the fun.
0: Uh, But when I am high functioning, I feel like I am really on, I guess that's the best way I can describe it. And I can maintain uh, a more high functioning level When I take really good care of myself and get enough rest and get enough time outside and um, engaging with my friends and uh, just really like, you know, taking part in the things that that fill me up more helps me be a more high functioning seven. And when I am at that high functioning place, I feel like I just have a lot more energy to give and not just physical energy, but mental energy. I get really, uh, like excited about things. I get really almost like an infectious excitement for other people about things like, Hey guys, let's do this stuff. Or like, isn't this amazing? Or, um, like, wow, isn't, isn't the world incredible? Like I, I just become sort of in awe of everything and sort of that like, uh, joyfulness of life and of living. And that feels really, really, really good. And I want to produce, I want to achieve, I want to, uh, I have a lot of different ideas that I want to, um, implement, but if I allow myself to take that too far, then it can also start to turn into a lot of, um, anxiousness, a lot of self doubt, a lot of overwork, um, and things, and things of that nature. So I just have to be really mindful of that and temper it. And, uh, at the end of the day, I, I'm actually really glad that I'm a seven. I think it's pretty cool.
1: you know, the holy plan or the holy idea, um, Mm -hmm. for the seven is actually sobriety. Um, and what that actually means and looks like is we can learn sobriety from a seven because a seven that is like fully integrated, um, and kind of moving through their fixations and their passions, um, can actually show us how to integrate painful experiences Uh, with the pleasurable ones. And that's life, right? It's not all just a party. Like there are hard things, but if a healthy seven and one that has done their work and, and one that is kind of clued into this um, gift that they bring can actually show the rest of us how to, um, how to, how to hold that space a little more healthily (laughs) or in a little more healthy way. So So we want to end with
2: uh, talking a little bit about how to love a seven or how a seven can love uh, himself or herself. And one of the things we want to share is just that one very crucial thing for a seven to understand about themselves, that in this ongoing pursuit of happiness and satisfaction and chasing the fun, they often need to just realize that they will never actually get to the attainment of those things, right? Like they will never arrive. But instead, it is so important in loving sevens and in in them loving themselves for them to just stop and realize the richness of each present moment. And instead of being so far like in the future and the, the chase to just stop and enjoy the moment. And I think that's so profound for a seven.
1: Yeah, I think it really is because you, and it's kind of in the same way of every other type you have, what you need, you have what you need. You're just ignoring it. You're avoiding it because of whatever mechanisms you've put up in place. So the seven, uh, coming to a place of understanding that they they have this fullness and this abundance that they don't need to go seek. They already kind of, they already kind of embody it. Um, one other little piece of advice that I picked up along the way somewhere was, um, to take sevens more seriously than we're tempted Mm -hmm. to do. Right. So a a lot of times, you know, you may think, oh, they won't show up. They'll have a better offer. They'll they won't come to my thing or at work. It's like, oh, they're good at brainstorming, but they're not going to like follow through with anything. Right. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't reinforce their, their own narratives. Right. Like, so make sure that you're enforcing and encouraging sevens, um, to show up all the way through and that you have faith that they will. Right. It's almost like setting a kid up, you know, telling him he's a bad kid and he can't, you know, focus like that's not going to help the kid focus. It's going to actually reaffirm what they already believe about themselves. So make sure that you're, you're going the extra step to, Hey, I believe in you. And I know that you're, you're going to be amazing and you're going to follow this through and you will show up and whether they show up or not, whatever, let it go, but (laughs) go ahead and just make positive assumptions about people, um, including our sweet sevens. Thanks for joining us this week on advice, not given for resources and links to all the things mentioned in today's episode, head over to our website at millspogurus.com. That's M-I-L-S-P-O-G-U-R-U-S. If you enjoyed this episode, please help others find us by adding your thoughts to an iTunes review and subscribing so you never miss a show. If you're interested in being a next level supporter of our endeavors, check out our Patreon page. You can pledge as little as a dollar per episode to help us out with expenses. Think of it as eavesdropping on our coffee date, but then sending over a latte. It's a thing. Also be sure to find us on Instagram and Facebook at Millsboro Gurus where we keep the conversation going and where you can share your advice not given Sevens
2: aren't gonna listen that long anyway, so. Ah.